Welcome to Tashma, the podcast where you get to listen in on Hadar's Beit Midrash. I'm Rabbi Avi Killip. Each week this year, we will hear a Dvar Torah on the weekly Parsha from our Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Aviva Richmond. Let's listen. Hi, this is Aviva Richmond from Hadar, sharing thoughts on Parsha Nitzavim. Torah Within Our Reach, Part 1, Teshuva. Parsha Nitzavim falls in the thick of the season of Teshuva in the calendar. This is no coincidence. It is the primary source in the Torah for the concept of teshuva. Repentance. Though we will sin and face the consequences of our failures, Nitzavim teaches that we can find our way back to a life of blessing. We learn from the Torah that error is hardwired into humanity, but unlike an original sin model where humanity is unredeemable on its own, we have the gift of Torah as a pathway towards a life of teshuva. Teshuva is no mere plan B. It's the ideal. A life of Torah involves an ongoing cycle of discovering our blind spots and trying harder only to learn of new blind spots. Though God may feel far, far away, our access to Torah as a vehicle for teshuva is immediate and ever-present. In one of its more famous and more poetic passages, Parsha Nitzavim teaches us what is within our reach and not in heavens. Ki ha-mitzvah hazot, asher anochim etzavacha hayom, lo nifleti mimcha, velo rechokahi, lo bashamayim hi, lemur, mi ya'ale lanu ha-shamayma, v'yikacheha lanu, v'yashmi'ino ota, v'na'asena. Surely, this instruction which I enjoin upon you this day is not too baffling for you, nor is it beyond reach. It is not in the heavens that you should say, Who among us can go up to the heavens and get it for us and impart it to us, that we may observe it? Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who among us can cross to the other side of the sea and get it for us and impart it to us, that we may observe it? No, the thing is very close to you, in your mouth and in your heart, to observe it. What exactly is this instruction, the it, that is not in heaven, but within our reach? The Talmud teaches that this refers to the Torah as a whole. One story that has received wide attention in the postmodern era deploys the idea that Torah is not in heaven to buttress human agency, possibly even beyond divine authority, to interpret the meaning of Torah. It is not in heaven becomes a rallying cry for confidence in human interpretive power. But this mitzvah and the it that is not in heaven is actually somewhat ambiguous. How do we know it refers to Torah as a whole? The local context of these verses seems to indicate that this mitzvah is actually a reference to teshuva, which is introduced immediately prior. Vishavta ad Hashem elokecha, you will return to your God. You and your children will heed God's command with all your heart and soul. Rav Moshe Alshech, a 16th century sage, connects these two adjacent passages and explains that the Torah is telling us that doing teshuva is the thing that is not in heaven but within our reach. Quote, our sages say that this mitzvah refers to Torah. However, this does not explain the fact that the mitzvah is about one specific mitzvah. It would make sense that it is speaking of teshuva, 
mentioned just above. This is important for us to hear, because although the concept of teshuva is beautiful, it's also true that confronting our missteps and our blind spots can be daunting. Once we have strayed far from our hopes and ideals, how are we supposed to overcome inertia and redirect ourselves towards God? Teshuva may very easily feel beyond us. Parsha in Sevim speaks to exactly this concern by reassuring us that the mitzvah of teshuva is not beyond us, it is within our reach. Suddenly, this passage that is so often deployed to instill confidence in human interpretation of a Torah no longer in heaven, instead becomes an insistence on the possibility and the necessity to be in the humbling posture of improving our ways. Yet, Rav Ashiach does not entirely abandon the classical rabbinic reading of these verses. Torah remains a critical part of this picture of teshuva that is within our reach. Quote, But we will take from the sage's words that when you listen, refers to the Torah. For teshuva is drawn out through it, through Torah study. Through learning in the Beit Midrash, one's evil inclination is subdued, and teshuva comes. Rav Alshech brings us to a hybrid interpretation of what exactly is within our reach, a combination of teshuva and Torah. Learning Torah is what makes teshuva within reach because Torah tames the evil inclination, those habits and the inertia that have developed within us that make it feel impossible to change. We might have thought that as mere mortals, we need some kind of external divine force to defy the evil inclination. The verse teaches that we don't need any of that. The power of teshuva is within us, in our own hearts and mouths. When we direct our passion and energies towards studying Torah, it functions as the intermediary that allows us to transcend our stuckness and break destructive patterns, and this paves the way towards teshuva. Torah and teshuva are intertwined. Every act of teshuva is rooted in Torah, and every act of learning Torah must be embedded in teshuva. There is no such thing as a magical moment of teshuva that did not require some real hard learning. And in turn, true Torah study is deeply invested in how it will ultimately bring us a bit further from the destructive forces let loose by our failures, and a bit closer to relationship with God and the vibrancy and integrity of life. The Hasidic teacher, the Svat Amet, offers an image of this interconnectedness between Torah and Teshuvah, where learning both stems from and fuels our ongoing character development. Quote, Before we merit Torah, we must prepare ourselves, according to the attribute of judgment, to repair all of our deeds. After that, we merit Torah, which is the attribute of mercy. Even so, after we merit Torah, we must be very careful not to come to any haughtiness, God forbid, through the Torah. We must do teshuva through the Torah. A person should realize and be embarrassed by the fact of God being gracious to them and allowing them to merit Torah. From this they will be struck by embarrassment and do teshuva, and through this Torah will be fulfilled by them. Every act of Torah study requires us to prepare ourselves first to work on our character and behavior to the best of our ability. We then merit the revelation of Torah study, as our learning yields a glimpse of divine truth that we didn't know before. 
This insight is powerful and intimate and leads to a sense of embarrassment as we come into new realization about what we hadn't known and never put into practice. So immediately we set to work again on our character and behavior in light of this revelation. Learning Torah allows us to feel embarrassed by our shortcomings in a way that does not bring despair, but is a catalyst to motivate us towards the next steps in our lifelong work of teshuva. Through this iterative learning process, there is a continual growth and unfolding of Torah, of self, and of our relationship with God. This ongoing work of teshuva need not be demoralizing. It can and must be joyful because it is the essence of our lives, day in, day out. The book of Nehemiah shares an anecdote in which the people coming back to Jerusalem in Second Temple times rediscovered a Torah scroll and came to learn of many things they did not know, including the existence of the holiday of Rosh Hashanah. They weep at their ignorance. They must have been so embarrassed, but their leaders tell them not to feel despondent, but uplifted in this moment. Nehemiah the Tirshata, Ezra the priest and scribe, the Levites who were explaining to the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to Hashem your God. You must not mourn or weep. For all the people were weeping as they listened to the words of the teaching. He further said to them, Go, eat choice foods, and drink sweet drinks, and send portions to whoever has nothing prepared, for the day is holy to our God. Do not be sad, for your rejoicing in God is the source of your strength. Al ki Hashem ki Instead of wallowing in despair over their ignorance, and shortcomings, the people are encouraged to turn towards each other and find joy with each other and with God. Rosh Hashanah represents this scene annually in our lives, as we open ourselves up to discovering our ignorance each year and name our blind spots and missteps. It is natural to feel embarrassed as we learn things we feel we should have already known. But the work of teshuva can transform our embarrassment into a means to find joy in a growthful relationship with God and to turn to each other and build communities of blessing. If we are going to continue to address long-standing problems and destructive forces in our lives and in the world around us, we will need to feel nourished in the work of teshuva and delight in it, or we will become exhausted. Teshuvah is not in the heavens or across the sea. We do not need an intermediary who can traverse the heavenly divide or cross oceans to facilitate it. This doesn't mean we can feel close to God immediately, but we have what we need to get started through our relationship with Torah. The longing in our hearts and our attempts to articulate our longing as we carve our way through the words of Torah, this is powerful enough to drive ongoing transformation. When we are able to find joy in the humbling process of ongoing learning and mending our ways, God too will rejoice over us. Yeshuv Lasus Aleinu Letov. And together we can dance our way towards a reality of blessing. Shabbat Shalom. Ketiva Vachatima Tova. We'll close with a new melody by Rabbi Deborah Saxman. Zohar, <speaking in Hebrew>
This episode of Tashma was produced by Jeremy Tabak and Sam Greenberg. I'm your host, Rabbi Avi Killip. It's been a pleasure to learn with you.